No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good afternoon and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. Wednesday, Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink, ladies and gentlemen, cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, land brand no name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here at six. joining us ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i hope you had a lovely day because i certainly did as always we've got so much to get through in so little time if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show then please by all means head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course ladies and gentlemen if you'd like to follow me on twitter then you can do so by following at Boogie Bumper. Got a, got a couple of things for you tonight. <laughs> um, like I said on Twitter earlier. Hello. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Thank you, Coffee Talk with Sandra. Boogie Bumper, happy hump day. Happy hump day to you too, especially you camels out there. God bless those camels and their mighty, mighty humps. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like I said on Twitter, This show tonight is only for people who have accepted the end of reality as we know it, accepted that it's upon us, plus one friend. You can bring one friend along with you in the Ark. I'll only take two of every kind. So you can come along the Ark and we can laugh as the world burns, or you can be stuck out there with, you know, your friends, your family, whatever. But ultimately, they won't accept you like we do here in this cult. I mean, group, community. We'll accept you like nobody else. So thank you for joining us. So much to get through. How about we kick it off with this story tonight for you? Oh, don't worry. We'll get to Mr. Cuomo and just just momentarily stick with me. You know, I love a good, I got, I love a good government story. I like a good coronavirus story. I like when the two mix because it shows to me. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. You know what I love most about the government is they care about the information that I receive. They care about the care. You know, there's a reason that we pay so many taxes. It's because government provides so many essential services to us. They do this because they love us and they want to keep us safe. This is from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or Commission or whatever the fuck they're called. The taxpayer-funded media arm of the Canadian government, ladies and gentlemen. Canada Post suspends mail delivery to two Toronto high-rises after some residents are seen, get this. (laughs) Uh, Gypsy of Diamonds with the uh, diamond. Thank you for the advantage or steals the diamond, Gypsy. Canada Post suspends mail delivery to two Toronto high-rises after some residents are seen, ladies and gentlemen, without masks. Yes. (laughs) Some, some residents. So two high-rise buildings. You'd have to assume a high-rise means... Is a high-rise more than 30 floors? Is that the rule? 
It's got to be something like that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a high rise, would it? It'd be a medium rise or a no rise. But apparently high rises, pretty fucking tall buildings and pretty tall buildings to my mind would be, you know, 30 and up. Just just a thought. I don't know what it is, though, but that's a guess. So in a in let's say that they have 30 floors, 10, maybe let's let's be really generous. Let's say five apartments. No, let's say four apartments per floor. Okay, even though it's going to be more than that. 30 times four, take out the lobby, okay? Got to take out the car park, that counts as a level. Uh, Got to take out the roof, that doesn't count. 27, 27 floors, four apartments. Canada Post suspends mail delivery to two of these. So double that because the mailman saw, and I quote, some residents. <laughs> maybe a handful, maybe a bunch, maybe a group, who knows? How far did this disobedience spread? But the mailman saw a few people wandering around in their own apartment buildings. <laughs> saw them wandering around in the building in which they live. Like, it's not a hotel, it's not a resort. These poor people have to live here in Toronto. So in the, in the building in which they reside, the, bo- the mail bed saw a couple of people wandering around without masks. Imagine the hide of these people. Don't they understand that they're putting everybody's life at risk? So the Canadian Post has done what I think is the responsible thing and just refused to give these people their mail. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, sweaty. <laughs> you know, what I love most about the government is they protect the essential industries and the essential services like the uh, the mailmen, for example, the Canadian Post. You know, in North America over the last 12 months, there's been a lot of arguing, a lot of protesting, a lot of browbeating, a lot of chest beating, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of flagellation in regards to the postal service. Did you know that those evil right-wing extremists, did you know those awful right-wingers, they were actually, they were actually saying things like, hey, maybe the post service isn't as good as we think it is. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how awful? <laughs> yes, Foggy in the chat. Come rain, sleet, uh, come rain, sleet or snow, but not COVID. It's not even COVID though, Foggy. It's come rain, sleet or snow, but not people not wearing masks in their own homes. Thank you for keeping me safe. Listen to this. The Canadian Post says, Service will resume once all residents wear masks in common areas. Ooh. They are, they're, I mean, they're, they're literally blackmailing you for your own mail. How about that? I don't think in all of the years in the history of blackmail has mail ever been used as the tool for a blackmail. It's incredible, isn't it? The Canadians, they're very literal people. Canada Post has suspended mail delivery to two high-rise buildings in Toronto because it says some of the residents who live there are not wearing masks in common areas that postal workers must use to drop off mail. But what if we get the guy who's delivering the mail to wear a mask? Would that be acceptable? No, everybody. All of you have to. But I live here. This is my home. Yes, I understand that. But what you see, if you want to get, if you want to get your immigration papers, for example, if you want to get that insurance policy that you've been waiting for, I'm afraid you are now going to have to police your own building 
you know, why don't you get like a neighborhood watch kind of thing together and just have somebody in the lobby take shifts. You could take two hour shifts. Somebody's going to have to do the night shift though, I'm afraid. <laughs> because you never know, those mailmen might be walking around there at 9, 10 p.m. just checking on you. Just checking up on you. Making sure you're following the rules of the postal service. <laughs> the, post- the postal service, which is now enforcing uh, medical guidelines for whatever reason. Isn't Toronto a magical place? (laughs) In an email to CBC Toronto on Sunday, the Crown Corporation said mail delivery has been suspended at 101, 150 Graydon Hall near Don... Graydon Hall. Graydon Hall. I don't trust that Graydon Hall. Near Don Mills Road on... And for... Just going to have to take a sip of smart juice here. I'm getting too excited. In an email to CBC Toronto on Sunday, the Crown Corporation said mail delivery has been suspended at 100 and 150 Graydon Hall near Don Mills Road and Highway 401. Residents must now pick up their mail at a Canada Post depot at 70 Winford Drive, roughly an eight-minute drive or a 27-minute bus ride away. So if you don't have a car now, because this is how this is the genius of this. Because a mailman or two was wandering around the building, again, I must repeat, where these people live, their their home, essentially. If you live in an apartment building, the common areas are still part of your home. You're aware of that, right? Like you're not just pl- you're not just paying for a room. The room is in a building. <laughs> so you're also, you know, you're also partly ha- uh, habitating the building which the room is in. It all becomes part of the deal. <laughs> so a mailman has seen some people wandering around the place where they live, not wearing a mask. And if you'd... So in order to combat this, because we're trying to keep people safe here, we're going to make the people spend an hour on public transport to get their mail instead of having it delivered to them by one man. <laughs> but instead of having somebody that they've probably never met conveniently slide their mail into a slot or an appropriate box of some kind, they're now forcing these people, in the name of keeping them safe from COVID, mind you, they're now forcing these people to spend an hour on public transport with all of the wretched scum and filth in the city that the city can muster. (laughs) Thank you for keeping me safe, counted the mail. It's it's very frustrating, said May Obadaya, Obadaya, Obadaya. One resident said on Sunday, I'm going to move from this building. It's too much. So now people are moving out so they can get their mail. (laughs) She said, residents are following the rules. Everyone is wearing a mask. We don't have any cases in the building. So many people are waiting for their documents. I hope they will solve this problem soon. Yes, how can we solve this mystery problem? This mystery that we have right now. You know, I've been waiting for mail and no mail has been arriving. This is a problem. This is a challenge that we must overcome. It's very, very frustrating. Canada Post said the service suspension is due to safety concerns as the COVID-19 pandemic continues. Quote, within the areas of the buildings delivery employees must access to deliver mail, some individuals are not wearing masks. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maureen in the chat. Oh, Boogie, this has nothing to do with keeping the residents safe. It's all about the postman crying. Maureen, how could you, how could you even dare to suggest such a thing, Maureen? How, how can you slander the brave men and women of the Canadian Postal Service like that so viciously, so heartlessly? Oh my God. That's akin to abuse, Maureen. You shouldn't be allowed to do that on the internet. These people, these people are heroes. <laughs> and who's going to keep them safe, Maureen? You? <laughs> who's going to keep them safe, Maureen? Somebody needs to be there to protect the damn postal workers from these people who are not wearing masks. Again, I repeat, in the building they live in. <laughs> Quote, this is a safety risk and we have advised the building's management. So they're calling the building managers and saying, did you know that Jim in apartment 4B isn't wearing a mask when he's walking around in the lobby. Are you aware of this? What are you going to do about it? Well, I tell you what, tough guy, we're not giving you your mail until you fucking fix it. Oh. <laughs> the postal service is, not only are they not delivering mail, which is kind of, you know, the main reason for their existence, allegedly. So not only are they not delivering mail, they're also enforcing medical guidelines. And they're also doing, uh, you know, using bribery and standover tactics over rent apartment building owners. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> now, of course, if you were to suggest something like, hey, maybe the postal service needs to be put in check here, uh, that would be a dangerous right-wing extreme view, of course. Wouldn't it? Because only dangerous extreme right-wingers would ever suggest that the mail service, you know, is gets too much money, doesn't do a particularly good job, uh, we can do without them, is largely obsolete. Only, only you know, psychopaths would suggest such a thing. Obviously. And we're definitely not one of those. Definitely not. Uh, Jay in the chat, what the fuck are you on about? Australia is nothing like the US. Oh, funny, because we're talking about Canada. <laughs> you must be a clever one. Welcome to the show, mate. <laughs> what are you talking about? Australia is nothing like the US. You, you've got a point. This is a Canadian story. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. All right. Uh, over the last couple of days, I'm sure you've been noticing, I'm sure you're aware that, you know, Everybody's favourite royal family, ladies and gentlemen, the British royal family. They've been making some news. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the diamond, newbies, am I right? Well, you're not wrong. Nikki Fruit Loops in the chat. Stop talking shit about Liechtenstein, Boogie. I know. Sincerest apologies. What the hell are you talking about? Liechtenstein's nothing like Turkey. Oh. Bro. So every, everybody's been getting bombarded with Meghan Markle news. Every, or it seems like all of the corporate media outlets are all talking about the same thing. You know, The View is talking about it. A lot of panel shows are talking about it. A lot of people writing articles about it. I thought America hated the royal family. I genuinely did. Seems I was wrong. So... Everybody's very, very upset and 
conversational about what's happening with the British royal family, and in one particular, Meghan Markle, ladies and gentlemen. So I thought we'd check in with one of our favourites here on the show, Chris Cuomo. Let's get after it with Chris Cuomo, because Cuomo has a hot take, and I think you need to hear it. Let's have a look. Question. Why is the most sweeping legislation in decades yes. to help lift Americans out of poverty just hours away from passing? Yeah. But what- <laughs> This is great. I watched about 30 seconds of this earlier. This is a lesson in gaslighting that should be taught to, you know, uh, children studying fucking communications at university should be shown this clip and say, this is how you spit in the face of the public. This is how you do it. This is how you fucking spin, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is not only Cuomo primetime, let's get after it. This is gold standard spin you're about to see. Let's have a look. Question. Why is the most yep. sweeping legislation in decades yes. to help lift Americans out of poverty? Right. Just- <laughs> Minister, if I can get me with the diamond, please have your impression of the Queen handy. I don't know if we should bring that back out again. It was a one-time impromptu thing that, you know, if you were if you're in the chat that night when we did the Queen bit, then you experienced it. I don't know if I can just bring it back out of retirement again. I think it was a one-and-done situation. Is Dan Bongino doing Queen impressions now, is he? Probably. Probably. Uh, this is low-key, by the way. This is low-key Dan Bongino's favourite program. I don't know if you're aware. He'll never admit it. He'll never admit it openly, but we fucking know. We know here in this audience. Dan Bongino, big fan. Hi, Dan. <laughs> All right. Now, where were we? I'm, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Question. Why is the most sweeping legislation yes. in decades yes. to help lift Americans out of poverty? Yes. So the, the most the most sweeping legislation in decades, which is helping to lift Americans out of poverty, ladies and gentlemen. The same legislation that Democrats on Twitter have been bitching about for months. What, is this all we get? This is fucking nothing. Fuck you. Where's our minimum wage, right? How come you haven't taken away student loan debt yet? How come you're not doing any of this? Couple of months in, hey, here's $1,400 check for some of you. Because I've been, I've been watching. I've been paying attention. Most Democrats that I've come across on Twitter, and there's a few of them, have been complaining about this. Yet at the same time, the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, you know, the usual suspects, They've been telling you openly to your face how everybody, because this is going to save America. They're, li- they're lifting millions of people out of fucking poverty, ladies and gentlemen. Out of poverty? <laughs> so why aren't the Republicans talking about this sweeping reform that's going to save so many people from poverty? Why not? Just hours away from passing. Yes. But without... Winning TV with a diamond. We knew 1400 bucks ends poverty so easy. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? We could have been doing this fucking years ago. Send everybody 1400 bang smack, well up, no more poor people. Everybody wins. It's fucking perfect. Without any support from the right side of the aisle. Why not? The answer, Meghan Markle and a dollop of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So, 
like we pointed out, all of corporate media basically has been rattling on about fucking Meghan Markle for the last two, three days at least. Oh, the racism. Oh, the oppression. Oh, she was suicidal. Oh, she was crying. Isn't Oprah fucking amazing, right? Let's talk about this racism here that's happening. Let's talk about this evil. They've been constant, constantly talking about it for three days. And yet, it's your fault. <laughs> Chris Cuomo gets up here and says, why do these right-wingers care so much about Megan Markle? I'm sorry, aren't you the ones that care? You're the ones that have been talking about it constantly for three days. Aren't, aren't, isn't this the way? Aren't you the one that fucking cares about this? Oh, no, no, no. No, no. It's you out there who don't even watch CNN. You're the ones who are obsessed with Meghan Markle because you're a racist too, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> like I said, this is gold standard gaslighting. This is fucking amazing. I like this. Tip of the hat to Chris Cuomo. Let me argue. Please. Many argue, of right? the rights party's constituents uh-huh. are struggling from a pandemic that they long denied. Ah. But with a president they want to lose, mm-hmm. they're making a choice. Yep. Duck real problem solving in favor of culture fights. Be a true opposition party. <laughs> right. One that opposes whatever it can yep. as a proxy for getting anything done. <gasps> they are simply against. Right. And the top of their list is against owning the reality of racism. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was a good one. I mean, you need to own this shit. <laughs> now, I'm not a conservative. I don't claim to be a conservative. Uh, there is some overlap there with certain issues. Other ones, not so much. More on the libertarian end of the scale. But in saying that, you know, <laughs> stop ignoring the real problems. Now, sure, we've been dedicating, you know, every fucking inch of column space and every possible, all of our bandwidth and all of our panel shows, we've been dedicating all of this machine that we have here in the corporate media to talking about Meghan Markle and the royal family and the racism, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget about the fucking racisms. We've been hitting that fucking, we've been flogging that horse nonstop for three days. But you out there, you need to stop ignoring the big issues. Why aren't, why aren't the right... Why aren't people on the right celebrating this this $1,400 check which is going to end poverty in America? <laughs> why, aren't they, why aren't they supporting this? I know why. Because they are obsessed with Meghan Markle. <laughs> you know, the right, re- the right really need to start focusing on the big issues. <coughs> and what are the big issues, Chris? Well, for starters... They need to own racism. I mean, they haven't even done that yet. I thought we were talking about the stimulus check. Well, no, see, they're opposed to the stimulus check because they won't own racism as well. Ah, I see. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cuomo. (laughs) If that's not true, why else is there this Markle madness on the right? Markle madness on the right? 
Markle Madness. <laughs> Why are you obsessed with Meghan Markle? The only reason that the right wing is obsessed with Meghan Markle why they've been infused with this Markle madness is because they won't admit how racist they are. This is, we, he said, allow me to argue. This is it. This is his argument. Oh. Yes, correct. The only reason that the right wing won't support ending poverty in America via a $1,400 check is because they're obsessed with Meghan Markle because they won't own racism. He's a... Chris is a special boy, isn't he? He's got, he's got a lot of talent. Right. Okay. Why are they so concerned about this story and whether or not it's concerned. true? After Why are they so concerned with this story? Why are they so concerned with this story that we've been repeating nonstop for 72 fucking hours? Why are they so obsessed with it? Like I said, gold standard gaslighting. Ladies and gentlemen, from Chris Cuomo. Why are you so obsessed with this thing that we've been ramming down your throat? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Cuomo. After four years of empowering the biggest liar in presidential ah, history, right. now you got a thing for truth? <laughs> Look, all roads come back to Trump eventually, don't they? I don't think that you can put a CNN video out anymore without at least mentioning you know, implying at least Donald Trump fault somewhere in the, in the mix. It must be done. You Maybe the producer gets in your ear and says, have you mentioned Trump yet? Have you thought about doing that? You know, have you, maybe I, I reckon they possibly take bets in the lunchroom to see who can come up with the most creative reference to Donald Trump. Because this one is certainly it. Okay, so keeping up with the facts here, you're against uh, saving Americans from poverty because you're obsessed with Meghan Markle, because you won't own your racism, because of racism. If that's not true, why else is there this Markle madness on the right? Why are they so concerned about this story and whether or not it's true? After four years of empowering the biggest liar in presidential history. Because they're Trump supporters. Okay, racist. You love people being in poverty. You're racist. You're obsessed with Meghan Markle because of Donald Trump. Okay. Are we keeping up at home? I hope you're learning something here. Now, you got a thing for truth? Yeah. Doubtful. Tonight, the Queen doesn't deny accusations of racism for Meghan Markle and Prince Harry against the royal family in the family's first public statement since the bomb drops. The, 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 the bomb? They're calling it the bomb! Why are you obsessed? Why do you have Markle madness? The bombs are dropping! <laughs> Thank you, Chris Cuomo, for not sensationalizing this story. You know, it's all the right-wingers' fault. All of this hyperbole and constant talk about Meghan Markle, Markle madness, as we like to call it here on the show, it's all because of those Trump supporters. <laughs> Coming up after the break, the Meghan Markle bombshells continue. Stay tuned. Oprah, Oprah is a fucking genius. <laughs> oh, my God, they hate little baby Archer. But people here on the right... Mm. 
continue to savage Markle and her story. <laughs> Something struck a nerve with them. Yes. Was it? But it's because they're racist, Chris. You don't have to explain this. It's because they're racist. <laughs> Jennifer Briggs in the chat. Conservatives could literally not give a shit about these blowhards. <laughs> I disagree. I think that's just the racism talking there, Ms. Briggs. Your racism is showing. A multiracial woman speaking out against an institutional white royal family. Oh, mm. no, no, it's not about that. Well, then what is it about? The I've got a question. Why would, you, why would you marry into a royal family and yet be offended by elitism? I mean, didn't didn't you think about this before the wedding? <laughs> are, are, you, are you going to marry your prince and then live in like a, a two-bedroom fibro home in the suburbs somewhere? Is that what you were imagining? I'm going to marry the prince and we're going to go off and, you know, go fishing. Happy holiday, hey! my nigga! Oh, Frozen Asian dipped five dollars. Thank you, Frozen. Oh, you boo guy. Thank you, brother. Boo guy. <laughs> Gypsy of diamonds with the diamond. She married the whitest bastard child. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Frozo, for the tip. Let's see what Frozo sent us here. Just looking out of the window, yeah. watching the asphalt grow, <laughs> thinking how it all looks handy. How do you know the words to good times? You know I'm black on the inside. You know I'm black. You ain't black. You know I'm black. <laughs> Everybody's black, except the black people. They're not black. Black is a state of mind, man. <laughs> you know I'm black on the inside. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> I would just love, because they always do these little crossovers, you know. Coming up after the break, Chris Cuomo is joining us here. How you going, Chris? Sup, nigga? <laughs> I would just please let him, if he could just say that once, that would be amazing. Chris Cuomo, ladies and gentlemen. Sup, my nigga? What's happening, bro? It's what? It's okay. You know I'm black. You know I'm black on the inside. Thank you, Frozo. Oh, God, where were we? Yes, that's right. The right's obsession with Meghan Markle and the royal family because of their racism. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you now. I'll see you in hell. Now I really want to marry a royal and bitch about it. That's the way it goes. Marry yourself into the royal family and then when they display elitism, go, well, I'm shocked by all of this. I wasn't expecting all of this. Welcome to the family, Megan. Oh my God, what what an uppity bitch this queen is. How dare they? They're so posh. <laughs> I just want to live a normal life. Get a job down at Walmart, you know. Well, maybe we'll get a studio apartment in New York or something. How about, what do you think of that? Just live a normal, not royal family life. Isn't it wonderful? The royals aren't questioning no. what Markle says about her race being used against her no. by some of them. They don't even deny her and Prince Harry's allegations about conversations uh -huh. with an unnamed someone yep. questioning how dark the skin of their unborn child would be. <laughs> 
So why are so many here on the righty fringe the unable right, to accept the story? The, the, the righty fringe? Now it's the fringe conversation. Remember, corporate media, the last three days have been talking about this story. But the reason that you're not celebrating the $1,400 checks, remember, this is the argument. The reason you're not celebrating the $1,400 checks, which in his opinion are rescuing America from poverty, right, is because you're obsessed with this. <laughs> Daddy, that's boring. Talk about the dolly. <laughs> Could it be Could that it the be? opposition party is passing laws that disenfranchise minorities that are all but a constructive fraud regarding... <laughs> Yes, those evil bigots on the right, they hate all of the half-black princesses, don't they? Yes, they do. I mean, I, I do love this because we've been, we've been told our whole adult lives that we need to be concerned with identity. We need to think about race. We need to talk about race a lot, all the time. You know, these people, these dangerous bigots who go around and say things like, you know, I don't see colour, I treat everyone the same, they're, they're just displaying their white privilege. They really are. They need to be allies. They need to understand. They need to agree with our lived experience. They need to talk about race all the time. Follow that with three days of Meghan Markle, racism. Oh my God, they said racist things. Talk about racism, let's talk about racism. And so people on the right may, in passing, say, you look, I don't really care about the royal family, but can we just believe this fucking chick out of, you know, just because she says so? And they go, oh my God, why are you so obsessed with race? <laughs> why are you so obsessed with racism, you right winger? Is it because you don't want to celebrate the, the law that's going to bring people out of poverty? Is that what, is that what it is? Huh? I bet you're a Trump voter, aren't you? Yes, I bet you are. Markle madness, racism denial from you. I knew it. <laughs> This is why Chris is one of the best. Starting election fairness yeah. as their strategy to oppose racial progress. Good, good. And to help their chances of winning elections. <laughs> to stunt racial progress. Okay. We'll leave Chris there. Let's think about this. Let's think about, because I, you know, I know I have a few right-wingers in the audience, a few conservatives in the audience. Let's assess Chris's claim here. Let's see how just how right he is, because I want to know how obsessed you are with Meghan Markle, and it's all it's all your fault. This is all you trying to distract from something that's going to save people from poverty. Okay, so let's investigate that. You're not getting off the hook here on this show. We will hold your feet to the fire, you disgusting right wingers. Uh, great, I love fuck. I love fuck. I love British tabloids, man. When I was in Britain, my wife would laugh at me because like every new town I went to, the first thing I would go is like, go and grab the paper, read the paper. And she's like, why do, why do you keep fucking buying the paper everywhere we go? And I'm like, you know, because I just want to see what's going on in the place. Have a look what's happening around town. But it's also because the reason that you enjoy tabloids, because people say, oh, tabloids are trash. And it's like, yes, of course, that's why they're good. That's why they're good. <laughs> so look at this from the sun, Megzile. <laughs> Megzile. Queen won't even watch the show. Whingy chat dubbed Mopera. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love, gotta love the British tabloids.
when I heard uh, about the... Oh, so, so this video, because we're talking about how the right is obsessed with Meghan Markle and racism and whatnot, uh, this video is entitled Mothers of Biracial Children React to Meghan and Harry Interview. What Do you want to see some reactions, ladies and gentlemen? Some mothers of biracial children have now been contacted to speak about Markle Madness. <laughs> I, want, I wonder if they're right-wingers. I wonder if they're fringe conservative types. I suspect they're not, but hey, I'm not going to make any assumptions here. So here we go. Mothers of biracial children react to Megan and Harry interview. <laughs> the Megan and Harry interview, which is only getting in spoken about because of all the right-wingers trying to draw attention away from the $1,400 Save America Fund. When I heard uh, about the interview with Megan and Harry. Uh -huh. um, I, I was quite saddened initially. I feel that Sad. Megan and Harry are both incredible assets to the royal family. They're so wonderful I was assets. Very sad um, when they left. I felt real bad for them mm. because I think they were kind of taken by surprise. Yep. It's um, um it's, it's funny. It's funny, isn't it, that the you know the whitest institution on planet Earth, that being the royal family. It's funny how the whitest institution on planet Earth can now summon such fucking sympathy from people. You know, uh, this is Teresa Beale. She sells houses for a living. She's a realtor. It's, you know, just an average person, normal person. Uh, the other person here is Susan Cole Haley, and she is, quote, a sexual health activist. <laughs> Which I assume is not a sexual health, you know, practitioner, uh, not a not a therapist of any kind, just an activist. This is somebody who wants people out there having more sex. And good luck, good good on her. Well done to her, really. She's doing God's work in many respects. So the sexual health activists and the and the person who sells houses are commenting on this now. But I, I felt so sorry for Harry and Megan. I really did. I really did. It really wasn't fair the way they were treated. <laughs> We're now, we're now simping, we're now simping for the royal family. I mean, look how easy it is. People who would have spent their entire lives talking about how much they hate imperialism, you know, how much they hate the history of the British Empire. You know, one, one institution sits directly at the centre of all of the things you hate about British people through the years and the genocides and the and the colonizations and everything. One group of people sits directly in the center of all of those conversations. Do you know who they are? Oh yes, I know who they are. They're those poor people <laughs> who I feel sorry for. Because, you know, Nana was very rude to Megan. It's just not fair. Carry on. Very sad um, when they left. I felt real bad for them. I felt real bad. Because I think they were kind of taken by surprise. It's um, um, it's probably something they've never dealt with it's, before. It was like a movie. Surprise, I'm a prince. Oh, no. I wasn't expecting that. I thought you were, I thought you were a goat herder. What's this prince shit? And, and just in time for the release of Coming to America 2, which I'm sure is going to be just dynamite. Looking forward to that. So, yeah, I just felt a lot of sadness for him, mm. especially when it's your child. Yeah. There was dismay. There was shock, yet a, sh a shock and dismay. 
Would you say that you were dismayed? I was definitely dismayed. Were you shocked? I was shocked and dismayed. Ooh. Ooh, this is getting serious. Shocked and dismayed. Wow. One can only imagine. I don't know. How is she holding it together so well for this interview, really? Shock I'd, that... I'd be a wreck if it were me. ...is um, familiar. Mm. I was quite struck um, by the... Yes, you're right. Oh, Gypsy with the diamond. Vantager steals the diamond, Gypsy. Now I'm shocked and, dis uh, shocked and dismayed. Once again, good pickup. Even I didn't no uh, notice it this time. Ladies and gentlemen, here yet again, like we say on the show every single time, behind it all, there's a woman with bold frame glasses. <laughs> every single time. Bold framed glasses. Got bold framed glasses cannot be trusted. I'm starting to think that the bold frame glasses people are all androids. And the glasses are the source of their power and their programming. You know, if we could get these if we could get these uh, androids alone in a room and rip the glasses off. Provided of course they don't tear us apart with their super strength or shame us into a white guilt spiral which leads to us you know jumping off a building or something, maybe that's their secret power. But if we could get them one-on-one -on -one and get those glasses off them, like, would they snap out of it? Go, oh my God, where am I? Who are you? <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be late for the year 2000 millennial party. I can't miss out. Happy new year. <laughs> oh, welcome back. I mean, has anybody studied this? Exactly. Henry in the chat, the glasses control their brain. That's what I'm starting to think now. Is, um... It's familiar because there there are only so many coincidences before we start to believe you know out of hand without any evidence that a conspiracy theory must be happening you know, that's what reasonable people do so i'm at this point i'm declaring it uh, all of these people who wear bold frame glasses are in fact androids and the front the glasses are the source of their power winning tv with the diamond why aren't they focused on the end of poverty good point very good point <laughs> I mean, like I said, they must, because these people are talking about the Meghan Markle interview, because they're talking about the royal family, because they're discussing what Meghan said and is it real or not, right? They obviously must be fringe right-wingers. <laughs> this HR consultant and the realtor and the sexual health activist, they must be all, you know, far right-wing Nazi uh, conspiracy theorists who hate poor people, who hate brown people, and are trying to distract from ending poverty. Well done. Let's <laughs> carry on. Boom, I was boom. quite struck um, by was very the struck. stories of, of Megan potentially mm. facing racist comments. Yes. Mm. When she was pregnant. I have direct experience of that oh, um, really? as a mother of four mm. being I have I know I know exactly what it's like to be a member of the royal family. You know, back when I was married to a prince, I experienced the exact same thing. You know, the queen said to me, you know, a little concerned with the skin of your little one here. It's a little concerning. <laughs> I have direct experience with what it feels like to be married to a prince and have somebody say something about your bumbling little baby boy. I mean, it's awful, really. I know exactly I know exactly what Meghan Markle, the Duchess, is going through. <laughs> oh, good. Oh. 
You have so much empathy. That heart, that heart must be the size of an Olympic swimming pool. It must be beating out of your chest. I mean, how can you even go on with all of these feelings? Mixed race children. Uh-huh. And what was quite striking for me was yeah. when my um, son, who's now 16, when he was born, I felt that he was a slightly off colour. And I. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa. I felt. Did I hear that correctly? Surely not. Okay, let's hear let's hear this little story again. Because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Hang on a minute. When my um, son, who's now sixteen, when yeah. he was born, yeah. I felt that he was a slightly off color. <laughs> I felt. <laughs> you know, I was watching what was happening with the lovely Meghan Markle, and I think it's very sad. So the way that the royal family have treated her, it's not really fair. And, you know, all this talk about, you know, racism regarding the baby, I mean, it's just awful. And, you know, um, as, a, as a mother of mixed-race children myself, I can tell you that I have my own direct experience with this kind of phenomenon. You know, in my own experience, I remember when I was pregnant with my lovely son, who's now 16... I thought to myself when he was born, when he popped out, hmm, he's a little bit of an off colour, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he looks a bit dirty or something. Can we fix that? I mean, so there, so there you go. With my own experience, I have experienced, you know, people talking about racist things in regards to the babies. I really have. I've been there, mate. I've lived it. <laughs> he's a bit... Hey, doctor, can you come in here for a sec? If you notice anything about my baby boy, don't you think he's a little bit weird looking? Don't you think he's the wrong colour? <laughs> a little bit of an off colour he is. Oh, lovely. <laughs> it's my experience. I know what exactly what she's going through. Striking for me was when my um, son, who's now 16, uh-huh. when he was born, I felt that he was a slightly off colour and I, I mentioned it oh. um, to a nurse who said to me oh. she fucking she did say it to somebody at the hospital she says to her nurse my baby is an off colour <laughs> excuse me nurse can you come over here for a second what have you done with my kid his colour is wrong <laughs> So you see, I've experienced racism in the hospital too. That's when I said my baby looks looks wrong. He's an off colour. Fucking wonderful. <laughs> this is yeah. Have you got these babies in black? <laughs> well, look, this is all very scientific. No, we don't we don't come to this show talking, you know, we don't talk out our ass here on the show. Here on this show, we bring fucking receipts, ladies and gentlemen. Babies be- can become racist, claims education department. Racist little babies running around. Zig Baba? Zig Baba? Heil mummy. According to the <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this show long enough. I've lost the will to live. 
because I've lost the will to carry on. Babies can become racist, claims Education Department. According to the Arizona Education Department, Sinister Charlie, I'm looking in your direction. Babies just three months old can become racist. They could be, tra I guess. <laughs> three months, three month old racist babies. As such, quote, race should be discussed with babies early on. Do you remember? Oh, fuck, I love this. Do you remember back in like, I'm going to say like 2017 or thereabouts? Do you remember the baby expert? Whatever she fucking called herself. Who knows? Who cares, really? Some, some fucking gypsy on the television was talking about how you should ask permission before you change your baby's diaper. Remember that? You need to ask if it's okay, because if you don't ask, then you're not. You know, you're not showing consent. It's basically the same as raping your baby. <laughs> I mean, these people exist. And God love them. I wouldn't want them. You know, people say, oh, if the world would be so much better if we didn't have these crazies running around. Are you kidding? Are you being ridiculous? If these people didn't exist, we would have to invent them. According to the Arizona Department of Education, babies can become racist at just three months of age. That's a very young racist baby. <laughs> I was thinking at least one or something. You know, because I've heard plenty of stories like when the baby just starts speaking and they can say bad words, you know. What did you call that young man? You know, they can do that. They'll pick something up from the television or something, pick up a bad joke, they'll overhear it. And those moments are, are funny. Those awkward moments. Oh, look, he's, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. He already hates black people, isn't he? Isn't he? That's my boy. There he sits with a pen and a yellow pad and a burning cross. Because that's my boy. According to the Arizona Department of Education, babies can become racist at just three months of age. And as such, they have developed an equity and diversity toolkit. Oh, this is good. So we can send you home now with something to, you know, educate your racist baby according to rt to help babies learn even before they can talk how not to make assumptions regarding race based uh, on observation alone that's that's the way it's written making assumptions regarding race based on observation alone the arizona department of education deployed an equity toolkit according to the washington examiner to teach critical race theory to children good I mean, we, we should get it in their, in their heads as young as possible that there are significant racial differences between you and your little friends and you need to feel awkward about it. You, it needs to be awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> because otherwise you'll grow up with white privilege and we can't have that, little Tommy. No, mommy. no I'm sorry, little Tommy. Have you apologised to your Native American friend yet at preschool? Have you? Hmm? I knew we should have started the anti-racism training at, at three months of age instead of three years of age. We waited too long. We've ruined his life, honey. He's going to grow up to be one of those clansmen now. <laughs> Jim Edward, baby Dr. David Duke. <laughs> to teach critical race theory to children. It aims to do this through the resources it provides, giving parents and educators a way to discuss racism with little ones at a young age. Per the toolkit, babies as young as three months old can begin to show signs of racism. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just love 2021 so much. I really do. I'm so happy. Because this is, this is the shit that makes me want to get up in the morning.
as I tried to explain to the number one fan of this show, Dan Bongino, on Monday, who low-key loves this sh- This is his favorite program. Hi, Dan. Uh, as I tried to explain to him on Monday, we can sit here and talk economics and tax, you know, and behavioral economics and budgets and shit. We can talk all that stuff till the cows come home, but it's not going to get bums on the seats like filthy little racist babies. Disgusting little Nazi clan member babies, Will. That brings that brings people in the fucking door, Dan. So pick this up and run with it. Uh, the toolkits, the readings included in the toolkit state that when babies are born, they do not show a bias for any race, ladies and gentlemen. But by three months old, there is one for those that look like their primary caregivers. Oh, no. Are you saying that the racist is going to conflate somebody who looks like their mummy with somebody who will treat them well? This is very disturbing racism to these people. Right? A three-month-old baby who, after three months, it's pretty much baby and mama most of the time, right? Baby's always on mama's chest. Baby's always, you know, getting patted from mama. Mama's always burping him, you know, taking care of him, nursing him, cuddling him when he cries, going to him, giving the bottle, right? Doing all that nurturing woman shit that we love so much, we men. Because that's the two weeks off that we take to, you know, occasionally you'll have to cook dinner or, you know, go through the motions. But, you know, you're pretty much getting drunk with your friends. (laughs) And then you get to go back to work and leave the crying baby at home for a few hours a day. So it's great. Um, (laughs) But at at three months, it's the mama. And the way that we decide to interpret... The research, the research which says at three months of age, babies are, you know, already showing a bias toward people that look like their mummy because it's three months old and mummy is giving like all of the life providing stuff. Mummy is bringing you into this world. Mummy is protecting you, all of that shit. So they see a baby that after this three month period would would look at somebody who looks like mummy and go, oh, that that must be a nice person. And they go, look at this little racist. (laughs) Look at this, look at this filthy little bigot. (laughs) That's the way they decide to read. Very normal things. Everything is racism now, but this is beyond that. Because even when we were doing the meme of everything being racism, I don't think many people thought a three-month-old would also be part of that everything. Three-month-old racist babies, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. <laughs> With that, uh, I'm going to refresh my beverage. I'm going to take a quick five-minute break. When we return, I want to make sure, please, during the ad break, take the opportunity to spank the racism out of your babies. Uh, stick around for five. We'll be back Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. See you soon.
me, Rusty, the Iceman. Sunday nights, 10.30, Standard Eastern Time. On Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note? Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later, Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week so check it out. Idiot booty bump. Idiot booty Really giving that one a workout? Come on. Dlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, Wise Censor, defectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of passage. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of passage. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Patsy 
Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Wednesday night edition, Daily Boogie Podcast. Absolute pleasure to be with you. Let's get right back into it, shall we? Because I think, you know, what we need to do on this show, ladies and gentlemen, it's all very well and good to point to problems, right? You know, there's a lot of streamers out there, a lot of podcasters out there who they're not really interested in solutions, but that's what we are here on this show. We are a solutions-based program, okay? okay? We believe here on this program that we should all be working together for a common good. And, you know, who better than to help, you know, organise people? Who better than to help get everybody on the same page than local government, ladies and gentlemen? So tonight, just for mom- just momentarily, I mean, if you're, you're, one of, if you're one of these extreme right-wingers out there, you're probably thinking, I'm not going to celebrate local government. Fuck the government. But that, but that would be the wrong approach. That would be a negative approach. And we don't want that kind of approach here on this show. And especially not in this chat. This is a very open, loving... You know, we accept all comers here. It's one of those shows. So if you're one of these weird anti-government types, then I'm afraid you're not going to be welcome here. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Because, like I said, tonight we are going to celebrate some solutions from local government, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, weeks without a staircase. Las Vegas, Las Vegas apartment tenants share frustration. Las Vegas. Frustrated tenants of a Las Vegas apartment building are speaking out as it's been weeks without their staircase. <laughs> oh. See, you thought the Canadians had it bad. In Canada, they're refusing to, to, to deliver mail to people who live in two high-rise apartment buildings because they noticed some of the residents at some point were walking around, believe this or not, maskless, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. Goodness. How disgusting from these fucking people, honestly. Disgusting. So the Canadian post office did the correct thing. They're holding their mail hostage (laughs) and saying, unless everybody starts wearing masks in this building in which they live, we're not going to deliver their mail to them, which is the correct thing to do. So let's continue our celebration of local government here with these Las Vegas apartment residents who have been living for weeks without a staircase in their building. Being without a staircase has left some tenants unable to access their apartments on the second floor. (laughs) And those below are also worried for their safety. They say this should have all been fixed weeks ago. Right. I I mean, don't you think you're asking a little much? 
Don't you think you're asking a little much for the, the landlord to give you a staircase that leads to the second floor where your apartment is located? I mean, you know, come on. You've got to be reasonable here. It might, look, it might take me a few weeks, but I'll eventually get to it. It looks like it's in a very good state, this place, doesn't it? So you don't see this side of Las Vegas in popular culture. It's all of the lights and the fucking strip. You know, the Bellagio. One of one of my bucket list things is to go and play cards at the Bellagio. I'll, I'll get there one day. I'll probably be an old man in a Hawaiian shirt when I do with a camera around my fucking neck. But I'm, I will get there at some point. So that's the Las Vegas that you see in movies and magazines and shit, obviously. But there is this side to Las Vegas as well, apparently, which is like, I mean, this building looks like it should be fucking condemned. Look at it. There are chunks just, there are massive chunks just out of the corner on the wall. You Look at this balcony. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. The balcony looks like it's just been chewed through by fucking termites. You know when termites get into wood and it starts getting all flaky and shit? That's what it looks like in the balcony at the second floor apartment. So that, uh, thank God they don't have a staircase to get to their apartment because if they should, if they if they should happen to step out onto the balcony one Las Vegas morning, they'd probably fall right fucking through the thing. You know what I mean? Couple of broken legs. The 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 landlord, to be fair, is doing the smart thing by denying them access to this apartment, which could collapse on them at any moment. <laughs> He's saving himself a big insurance lawsuit. <laughs> so let's not be too critical. Let's carry on. I guess they were going too fast trying to turn here. Okay. Hopped over the the side. Now, like at this point, you're probably thinking, well, where does the government where does the government come in? Why were you talking about you know local government solutions, books? Why would you bring that up? This is a private arrangement between a tenant and a landlord. This is a privately owned uh, building complex. What the fuck are you, are you just being critical of the government for no reason, books? Is that what you're doing? And I would say, oh, hang on. Just hang on a moment. We'll get to that. Walk and hit the stairs. That was back on February 14th. Gonzalo de la Cruz and his family were startled awake by a crash outside their first floor apartment. <laughs> the staircase still isn't there. There's currently a wooden plank to help hold up the second floor, causing... <laughs> oh, it's in good nick, this joint. <laughs> so, that's how bad it was. That's how bad this fucking staircase was on this building, right? It fell asleep. Uh, it fell asleep, pardon me. It fell apart in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, not from some kind of trauma. You know, it's not like some kid was up there shaking on it, you know, and some bolts came loose and it fell down. It's not like somebody accidentally reversed into it with their pickup truck or anything like that. No, no, it was still and untouched and nobody was on it. And it just fell apart on its own. <laughs> That's how. That's what a state it was in. Maybe in the middle of the night, a swift Las Vegas breeze happened to roll through town, and it just blew the fucking staircase over. <laughs> so it's in. It's in really good shape. But Boogs, where where does the government come in? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. De La Cruz concerned. That uh-huh. thing. I don't know if it's really safe. I don't know if it's. I don't know if this is safe here. Anytime. Some tenants try to scale a ladder to the second floor. Okay, here we go. So now the people, the fucking poor people who are living in this place, and it does look like a proper shithole, right? I mean, that's that looks like here what we would refer to as housing commission, which is like, it's not free, but, you know, a small amount of money comes out of your welfare 
every week to pay the rent on the house that the government gives you. Like that's housing commission here. You guys call it the projects, right? I mean, it looks like that kind of fucking place. It looks terrible. So these, but these poor people, like, you know, we all have situations in our life which lead us to places where we didn't expect to be. And, you know, some of us are in bad situations by choice. Other people are not in bad by choice, uh, not in bad situation by choice, but, you know, the consequences of the choices they've made, perhaps even. So, you know, I'm not tarring everyone with the same brush. So these poor fuckers, and nobody should have to do this shit. So these poor people, after the staircase collapsed in the apartment building in which they live, they waited a week because they live on the second floor. They can't get into their own home now. They waited a week and the staircase wasn't fixed. So now they've decided, you know what? We're Mexican. We'll we'll get a ladder. <laughs> hey, we're Latinos. We know somebody who has a ladder. We know somebody in the roof tile business for sure. So let's get out. We know a gardener, surely. So let's get ourselves a free ladder. We'll borrow a ladder and we'll use the ladder to climb up into our apartment. How about that? And it's like, okay, it's a solution. I mean, obviously the best option would be for the fucking landlord to fix the staircase, but since that's not happening, I've got to get I've got to get inside and take a shit at some point. Let's just grab a ladder and climb in. Okay, good job. Very very industrious people out there in Las Vegas. Let's carry on. It could fall anytime. Some tenants try to scale a ladder to the second floor. Yep. The city of Las Vegas says they found out about that on February 23rd and put a stop to it. <laughs> Enter the government. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Government, for keeping me safe. And this is why we celebrate local government here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. The local government response to people who cannot enter the second floor of their apartment complex, their own apartment, because the staircase just fucking fell apart in the middle of the night one night. And it has not been replaced. The people who live there are left with no other option but to get a ladder and climb up it to get into their own apartment. And the city finds out about this horrible situation. And the, the city comes in like knights in shining armour upon their mighty white steed and proceed to take the ladder away. Because <laughs> we're keeping you safe. We're protecting you. You do, Believe it or not, you know, you, you want people want to talk about fucking freedom and shit. You stupid foreign son of bitch. You give your guns away. We got freedom. We'll be marching on Washington. <laughs> people aren't even free to climb a ladder on, the, you know, to get into their own apartment anymore. You, the government wants to decide whether or not you should be allowed to climb a fucking ladder. And they will openly just to your face say, no, no, this is for your protect. We're protecting you. We're saving you. We're doing this because we care about you. That's why we have to take your ladder away. Because <laughs> you shouldn't be climbing it. <laughs> How about all of this freedom filling our fucking noses here? In Las Vegas. You can walk down the road and get an STD from a fucking hooker. You know, in the, in the restrooms of a cheap casino down the strip. You can do that. Nobody's going to stop you there. But when you come home and try to get in your own apartment by climbing the ladder, the government's like, uh-uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. We wouldn't want you doing anything unsafe now. <laughs> Fuck off. 
Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. You know, what I love most about the government is they take an active interest into my life. That's the way I like to define it. The government is actively seeking to protect me from myself, and that's why I love them. Thank you so much, Mr. Government. Hail a ladder to the second floor. The city of Las Vegas says they found out about that on February 23rd yeah. and put a stop to it. Yes. One of the residents was David Goez. Very inconvenient. <laughs> you don't say. Very inconvenient. God, he's reserved. I would have had a few more choice words for the interviewer. How does this situation make you feel? Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> These people are cunts. <laughs> this is very dangerous. Very dangerous. I almost fell down. I the almost city says down. code enforcement went out to stop that for safety reasons. Safety. They also said the owner also boarded up. Code enforcement. <laughs> code enforcement for safety reasons to stop you from climbing your own fucking ladder to get into your own fucking apartment. <laughs> Thank you. Yay! Thank God for the government here. Keeping it safe, ladies and gentlemen. So wonderful. Uh, let's have a look at this one too. Oh, actually, what do you want to do? Do you want to do the gentleman's club who's now using a generator to stay open after the city shut their power off? That might be fun. Thank you for keeping me safe. Or we've also got... Uh, Australian News talking about a super spreader event. Uh, spring break in the United States, which might be fun. And we do have to get to, at some point, I do have to get to Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, we've also got Idaho protesters burning masks, ladies and gentlemen, and there were children there. So tell me what you want. Number one in the chat for the Gentleman's Club, number two in the chat for spring break, number three in the chat for the protesters burning masks. What do you think? Give me a minute. Okay, it's pretty close. It's pretty close, but I think the ones are probably just in front, followed by the threes and then the twos. So let's have a look here. The Dangerous Gentleman's Club. First of all, before we even get to this video, can we all just agree in the chat, ladies and gentlemen, that these gentlemen's clubs where you have uh, naked women writhing about and breathing on strange men who then go out into the world, can we all agree that these places need to be kept COVID safe? <laughs> Because I mean, we wouldn't want, we wouldn't want, would we, you know, the spreading of unnecessary bacteria and viruses and diseases. We definitely wouldn't want that. You know, we can't have people getting too close to one another. So can we all agree that super spreader events happen at strip clubs and gentlemen's clubs regularly? Can we do that? Or are we supposed to pretend? <laughs> are we supposed to pretend that they're like hanging the girls up by the ankles backstage and dipping them in a vat of fucking sanitizer before they march them out. That's why they look so oily when they're on stage. It's got nothing to do with their diet or their cocaine addiction, making their sweat smell like pure death. It's got nothing to do with that. No, that's the hand sanitizer, because we de-louse them before we send them, send them out there to writhe about on strange penises in, in the 
in the private room. So, you know, can we agree? Good. Let's, okay, with that in mind, with that context, let's have a look. Send the money. A local gentleman's club is going to great lengths to stay open. Ah, uh-huh. lengths. Yeah. I got a great length for you, baby, right here. A gentleman's club is going to great lengths, and so are its patrons. All right, that's very hacky, I know. I can't help myself, I'm sorry. Despite the city's dramatic efforts to shut them down. News 4 San Antonio's Darian Trotter joins us live. He's been following this story extensively, and Darian, what have you found? (laughs) I'm sorry, this is going to be really... This is going to be bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, we- <laughs> so we've sent Darian Trotter down there to the strip club. He's been paying very close attention to what's happening in the strip club. He's been, he's essentially he's been undercover for the last few weeks. Darian, what have you seen down there? <laughs> Jim Edward, this one's just too easy. I know. I I very nearly just let it go. Hi, Darian. What? <laughs> we've we've sent our reporter Darian Trotter down there to investigate what's happening at the strip club. Darian, what do you got for us? Man, I tell you, <laughs> these bitches be crazy. <laughs> what have you found? What have you found? Some old- what have you found? A whole bunch of big titties, Sarah. <laughs> Man, they got this one girl there, man. Her ass is just like fucking pop, man. Pop, pop. <laughs> Should see this fucking bitch, man. What have you found down there? Man, this this fucking chick pussy's so tight. <laughs> fucking fuck nigga up. <laughs> oh, thank you, Darian Trotter. Story extensively. And Darian, what have you found? <laughs> Andrew Jackson in the chat. Darian Trotter is the man in the street. <laughs> What an assignment to get. You know, I wonder I wonder if the company gave him, you know, a couple of hundred bucks for a lap dance to, you know, make it rain, see what they do. <laughs> okay. Because you've got to fit in. If you're going undercover, you've got to play the part. Simone, we were first to report last week that the city had completed the process to turn off the power here. Take a look tonight. You can see the lights are back on and it has everything to do with that box on wheels over there. <laughs> A box on wheels? I, I think he's referring to the generator. <laughs> the box on wheels. <laughs> Darian, I can see that you've been working really hard while you've been stationed down at the strip club. <laughs> what have you found? Well, I found a box on wheels. <laughs> he didn't even have time to Google what it's called. He didn't have time to Google what it is. Darian, we're going live in five minutes. You've got to cut this, this lap dance short. Oh, shit. Runs outside. He he looks at the first thing you can see, which is the generator down the side. Darian, what have you found in your week down there getting lap dances and having titties rubbed in your face in the name of journalism? Um, um, uh, oh, look over there. It's a box on wheels. <laughs> Thank you, Darian. That big, the big rattling thing, Foggy in the chat. Yeah, the, 
Yeah, it's all got to do with that big rattling thing that goes... Mm. <laughs> details, details. Take a look. That is not a food truck. Instead, it's not a, a generator. You know, we expect that we expect there to be a food truck out of the front of the strip club, but not a box on wheels. <laughs> we do have some video of some memorable moments that we've okay. recorded for you here Ooh. at Ecstasy Cabaret. Mean <laughs> Ecstasy Cabaret. It even sounds like a cheap, terrible fucking place, doesn't it? <laughs> XTC. Oh, you know, they're so fucking clever. Oh, some memorable moments that we've, we've got some footage of some memorable moments. First of all, have a look at this box on wheels. That we've recorded for you here at Ecstasy Cabaret. Meantime, attorneys for the business say last week they weren't going down without a fight. That's why we're told the business reopened this past weekend. Okay. Again, how did it happen? Well, they brought in that big generator to supply power to the entire building. We asked Mayor Ron Nirenberg about the latest move. And look at the fucking liner. That is pretty bad. It actually doesn't look that bad now that I'm looking at it. Um, how about that's fucking baller as fuck though, isn't it? So the government comes in and says, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to shut this down. We're keeping everybody COVID safe. And they go, oh, fuck you. And they bring in their own generator. And look at them lining up out the door. You know, they're saying to the government, fucking make me. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Fucking good on them. Good on them. I don't know if it's going to work out, but for the moment, it seems to be working. Because they're probably the only strip club in the fucking city that's open now. And the lawyers are like, no, we're fine. We're fine. They can't do anything. Fuck them. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Moved by ecstasy in their ongoing fight with the city. Yep. He would only say actions have consequences. Then he commended businesses that are following the rules. For every business, uh, restaurant, retail location, or other that have been, has been trying to do the right Thank you for following the rules. thing and protect one another, employees, staff, customers, yeah. we are here to support you. We We're appreciate that. You. We're protecting you. We're ripping ladders, you know, out of your hands to keep you safe. We're shutting down your business because we care. We're stopping you from getting that lap dance because we don't want you to die. Thank you, Mr. Governor. You know, what I love most about government is they love me so much. They want to protect me from everything in life. They want to protect me from every possible bad thing, except the things that they like. But that's okay because I like them and they like me. We're a team. Me and the government, we're on the same side. I love them. It's part of the reason why we now see much better um, uh, transmission rate, the lower mm, positivity rate in our yeah, community. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, the reason the reason that we're seeing lower transmission rates is because of us. We're saving you. All right, back out here live at the source of power. Uh, where's this titty bar at? Someone says in the chat. The titty bar is in San Antonio. San Antonio. There you go. Uh, there's the box on wheels as a result of what the city calls continuously oh. violating oh. the rules here. Oh. The city came out and they issued two more citations that makes really? a total of five within the past week. We're told the business could be fined up to $2,000 per citation. Tonight, right. we reached out to the attorney who spoke to us last week representing the business. He says no comment tonight. There you go. Pretty fucking baller, though, if I'm, if I'm going to admit. Well done.
City comes in and says, shut it down. And they say, okay, bring in a box with wheels. Fuck them right up. Uh, Speaking of fucking people right up, speaking of degeneracy, ladies and gentlemen, Milo Yiannopoulos, hasn't the worm turned on this fucking story? Milo Yiannopoulos declares himself ex-gay and wants to rehabilitate conversion therapy. Uh, This is from Pink News, by the way, which is a leading LGBTQ plus I um, publication. This is this is the news. This is the gay news. This is real gay news. Very gay news. And I check it regularly. <laughs> so the, the headline is Milo Yiannopoulos declares himself ex-gay and wants to rehabilitate conversion therapy. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? I mean, is this guy fucking serious? The self-titled pop star of hate, Milo Yiannopoulos, now describes himself as ex-gay and sodomy-free. Well, you know, well done. If that's what you're looking for, Milo, then well done. How many months have you been sodomy-free, sir? Congratulations to you. As he attempts to return to the public eye via the religious right, the alt-right troll confessed his, quote, sins of the flesh in an interview with the Christian outlet LifeSite News, revealing that he is now dedicating his life to St. Joseph and will be leading a daily consecration to the saint online. How about that? Minister of Fun, Kemi with a diamond, 51 days of no sodomy. Well done. 51 days. Now, does it work like Alcoholics Anonymous? Is there sodomizers anonymous? Does he have to go around and apologise to everybody who took one of his loads? Seems like the correct thing to do. Could be here a while before... We could be waiting a while before we get to the next step. You know, in the 10 step, or however many steps addicts have. Could be here for a minute. Don't hold your breath. Characteristically flippant throughout, Yiannopoulos compared his homosexual, quote, degeneracy to an addiction and claimed he'd only leaned into it to troll liberals. So he leaned... Wow. So he leaned into gay sex to make... Democrats angry? <laughs> well, that's. I mean, you, there's that famous clip from the Groiper when he's asking, I forget his name. He's at the Turning Point USA fucking Culture Wars, you know, Bar Mitzvah or whatever it fucking was. I don't know. The little speeches that Charlie Kirk was doing. So he was at one of the Culture War things. And remember, he asked Rob Smith, who's a gay guy. He asked him, how does anal sex help us win the culture war, right? Well, now I think we've found our answer, though, haven't we? Now, you have to ignore the fact that, like we've said repeatedly on this show, the fact that they call Milo Yiannopoulos, like, alt-right and far-right and stuff, is it's so plainly, obviously ridiculous because, you know, you just have to ask those people. They fucking hate Milo Yiannopoulos. They hate him. So it's a silly thing. It's just silly. It makes you look stupid. Winning TV with a diamond, that's the long, hard game, Boogie. (laughs) So, you know, you call Milo Yiannopoulos alt-right or far-right or whatever, it makes you look like you don't know what you're talking about because the alt-right and the far-right fucking hate Milo Yiannopoulos. They hate him. So don't be dumb. Or or continue being dumb, whatever. (laughs) It's your problem. So, you know, this alt-right troll, this far-right troll, he's not going to be gay anymore homosexual degeneracy and he said that he leaned into it to troll liberals right so i mean he was essentially 
you know. In that respect, sucking dick to get famous. I mean, you know. They say the best revenge is sucking a dick. <laughs> That's what I've been told. So we have the answer now. How does anal sex help us win the culture war? Well, apparently, Milo Yiannopoulos has shown us the way. All we need to do is go out there and have sex with other men and we'll own the libtards. <laughs> do you want to own the libtards? You know, I know Dan Bongino was a big fan of this show. Dan, with all due respect, how dedicated are you to the culture war, my man? How dedicated are you to winning this thing? You know, Milo has thrown himself on the barbed wire. He's created a path for all of us. He's shown us the way. Hey, how does anal sex win the culture war? You fuck enough men, you'll own some libtards. Done. So you've all got your orders. Now get out there and go. Get out there and get your fuck on. Just like Milo, your, your hero alt-right troll that you love. He says, and I quote, Of course, I was never wholly at home in the gay lifestyle. Who is? Who could be? And only leaned heavily into it in public because it drove liberals crazy to see a handsome, charismatic, intelligent gay man riotous, riotously celebrating conservative principles. That's not to say I didn't throw myself enthusiastically into... Uh, to, uh, pardon me. My, fucking, uh, my words today are being very naughty. Bad words. My words today don't want to come to the party. That's not to say, the article continues, that I didn't throw myself enthusiastically into uh, degeneracy. God, fuck, what's wrong with me today? Into degeneracy of all kinds in my private life. I suppose I felt that's all I deserved. I'd love to say it was all an act and I've been straight this whole time. But even I don't have that kind of commitment to performance art. Talk about method acting. So he wasn't he wasn't gay all the time, just a little bit of the time. But he claims now he's not gay anymore. That's it. He's given it up. It feels as though a veil has been lifted in my house, like there's something more real and honest going on than before. It's been a gradual uncovering rather than a dramatic reveal. Maybe that a lack of theatre or spectacle is a sign that gay impulses truly are receding. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The now ex-gay man, Milo Yiannopoulos, who's going to give consecrations daily online, by the way, which I'm sure the Catholic, the far-right Catholics, the traditional Catholics, I'm sure they're really going to love this now. Milo Yiannopoulos, the man who you can find 500 hours of him bragging online about how much black dick he sucked. He's now going to be the spokesman. He's declaring himself the spokesman for the Catholic Church. Oh, this will be good. <laughs> right? Happy Hanukkah, It's now going to be daily on there, representing you. Oh, good afternoon. <laughs> Sinister Charlie pipped $3. Thank you, sir. Milos' husband must have egg on his face for banging a straight guy this whole time. <laughs> or something on his face. <laughs> yes, very well said. Milos, Milos... Milo's husband must have egg on his face for banging a straight guy this whole time. <laughs> oh no, how embarrassing. Oh my god. I thought I was I thought I was fucking a, a gay man, but it turns out I was fucking a straight guy this whole time. A straight guy was sucking my dick. It was so embarrassing for me. <laughs> now see, Kitty B in the chat makes a, a very relevant point. 
She says, it is the perfect grift. Church is a great cash grab. Now, there's going to be a lot of naysayers out there. A lot of negative Nellies, if I could be so bold. There's going to be a lot of naysayers and negative Nellies who are going to say things like, oh, this is just a grift from Milo. This isn't possible. He couldn't possibly mean that. And I suspect a lot of people who, you know, perhaps read outlets like Pink News might also be thinking that, that this is, you know, a grift. He doesn't really mean it because, you know, he's already out now. There's no going back in, all of those kinds of things. Well, for those people, I say, uh, 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 hang on just a moment. Because I have a second article here from the same publication, ladies and gentlemen. From March the 1st, sex therapist insists men can have sex with men and still be 100% straight. The plot thickens. (laughs) The plot fucking thickens. So it turns out maybe he could have been straight all along. (laughs) Thank you, Pink News. Thank you, Pink News, for covering all of the angles here on this thing. Yes. So the same Pink News. Quote, Milo Yiannopoulos declares himself ex-gay and wants to rehabilitate conversion therapy. Uh, seriously? Seriously? Same publication. Sex therapist insists men can have sex with men and still be 100% straight. <laughs> Minister of Fun, give me, so I'm a straight man then? <laughs> yeah. You are. If you... If you uh, have sex with men, you are a straight man now. <laughs> it's totally, it's totally straight. A sex therapist has insisted straight men can have sex with other men while remaining completely straight. It's not a gay thing, it's a guy thing. <laughs> now, there's going to be these right-wing conspiracy theorists out there and these right-wing bigots and these trolls and these homophobes, of which now Milo Yiannopoulos is uh, no longer. <laughs> I think he's no longer an extremist anymore because he's... Uh, I don't know, it's hard to keep up. So the, the people who don't like Milo Yiannopoulos, anyway. So there's going to be a lot of these people out there who would suggest something like, and this isn't what I think, this is what they think. Just letting you know. <laughs> Minister of Fun Kimmy, as a straight man, I have to now fuck women, yes. And men. Men and women. <laughs> Jim in the chat. Nice dick, bro. <laughs> so the alt-right trolls, the negative Nellies, the disgusting conspiracy theorists and the Nazis, they would say things like this, for example. Whereas a sex therapist where a publication such as this is pushing the angle hey straight guys you can have sex with men too they would suggest that this is you know perhaps their motivations are not pure because maybe they want to expand the field of potential men to have sex with maybe that's in their interest you know if you live in a small town there aren't many gay guys around maybe you're going to have to find yourself a straight man (laughs) to have sex with So how can we reassure the straight men that having sex with the gay man isn't even gay? It's just just what guys do. How can we tell them? I know. Now, but see, that's what the bigots would suggest. That's what the homophobes would suggest. Here on this show, it makes total sense to us that uh, it's simultaneously ridiculous for Miley Yiannopoulos to say he's not gay anymore, as well as thinking that only gay men have sex with men. Are Are you keeping up with home? I was trying to think about this earlier. 
Like, who's better, straight Milo or gay Milo? And then it occurred to me, well, it doesn't really matter now. Because in 2021, straight Milo can fuck gay Milo and still be straight. And gay Milo can fuck straight Milo and still be gay. Because straight men can have sex with gay men and be straight, and gay men love having sex with men. So So you see... It's just a perfect little, you know, time is a flat circle situation. <laughs> We're all just fucking another man eventually. Anyway. <laughs> Gay, straight, whatever. We all just fuck men now. <laughs> so I couldn't figure out which one was better. Straight Milo or Gay Milo. Sex therapist has insisted straight men can have sex with other men while remaining completely straight. Dr. Joe Court is, uh, according to his website, quote, a leading expert on sex and relationships. He is a board-certified sexologist, has a doctorate in clinical sexology from the American Academy of Clinical Sexologists. There's a lot of sexology in this man's life. And is a licensed clinical social worker as well. That's a nice mix. But despite his credentials, he caused controversy by posting multiple TikToks claiming that straight men sleeping with other men are not the slightest bit gay. <laughs> not the slightest bit. He said, when straight men have sex with men, it's not a gay thing. It's a guy thing. What I mean is, I hope we've got it. We have one. Yes. Oh, look at him. Look at him. Look at this guy. He looks like a fucking suave, sophisticated, posh Ricky Gervais already. I can feel the sexuality, the straight heterosexuality oozing out of his penis. What, what I mean is, general men have more transactional sex with one another. Uh, one another. In general, women don't. Okay, let's have a look at this guy. Surely you've come on play for me. Will this play? Come on, you stupid website. Is this just a fucking picture? What's going on here? Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in there. Okay. It doesn't want to play for some reason. Maybe if we try it this way. No, I'm not joining TikTok. Here we go. Men, it's not a gay thing. It's a guy thing. Right. So what I mean is, in general, men have more transactional sex with one another. In general, women don't. So when men have objectified sex, where it's just about the act, it's just about getting off, people man-shame him. If you What? <laughs> Hang on, I need to process. So, okay, I'm just trying to place. I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture a scenario where this applies in like an everyday situation. Okay, so they man shame him. So imagine this, right? You, you meet up with your buds like after work. Hey, hey, man. Once we're done, once we're done stacking these boxes, do you want to go get a fucking beer? Fuck yeah, bro. Friday, let's go get a couple of beers before we go home. Sweet as. So you're sitting there and you're having beers with your friends, your work buddies, eating fucking, you know, peanuts and shit. And one of your friends says, "Hey, by the way, I fucked a guy last night. <laughs> I fucked another dude last night." And they're all probably taken aback because you know they assume that you're straight. You know, you've had girlfriends and stuff in the past, and you're like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, I just fucked a dude last night, man. Um, but, you know, I didn't mean anything. It was just transactional. You know, I just wanted to get off, and, uh, you know, I, I knew this guy, so I called him up, and we just fucked. You know, I fucked him, and 
you know, I just wanted to get off. And the friends are like, the friends will be looking at him going, are you gay, bro? And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop man shaming me, bro. What fucking, what reality does this guy live in? The Date No Ohio Show. Uh, bro, you won't suck my dick. Grow a pear, loser. <laughs> suck that dick to prove you're straight. <laughs> straight guys love fucking other men. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stop man shaming me, bro. Yeah, I fucked another guy. What's it to you? I'm still straight. Stop man shaming me. If you read my comment sections about straight men who have sex with men, people are like, no homo, bro, or it's okay, it's 2021, come out. Uh, by the way, I've come out uh, many years ago. I'm a gay guy. Then I find it funny. Wow. Shock news. <laughs> by the way, I came out many years ago. I'm gay. Oh, fuck. Thank you for clearing that up. I have no idea. That people are like, well, gay for pay is okay. That That's straight. Really? Mm. How broke does the guy have to be? Can he be rich or have a middle level income and <laughs> then do it and do it for the money? Does he have to be homeless? You can't apply. To it's just a... It's just a, a cycle of fucking... <laughs> It's just a cycle of nonsense that we're, we're, we're trying to fucking survive in. The sea of insanity is a chaotic, confusing beast. And we, like corks bobbing in it, are just being tossed and thrown from one direction to another daily. I mean, it's ridiculous that Milo Yiannopoulos would come out and say he's not gay anymore. Coming up after the break, why a sex therapist says straight men have sex with men. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are against, you know, in the comments of the section, well, gay for pay is okay. Well, how broke do you have to be for that to apply? Can you be middle class? Do you have to be homeless? <laughs> Fuck me, man. <laughs> but the reality is, let's be honest here, the reality is all of these people are just distracting from the bill which is going to end poverty in the United States, aren't they? That $1,400 check that's coming. I mean, all of these people are probably right-wing fringe-dwelling Trump voters. They must be. Otherwise, they would be talking about the check. Otherwise, they would be talking about the Biden stimulus package. We know this because Chris Cuomo told us. Right now, they're just obsessed with Markle madness and having sex with other men. They don't really mean it. <laughs> all right. With that, ladies and gentlemen... I think we might end it there. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Uh, I'll be back on Friday with another show. Thank you to everyone who can uh, support the show tonight on DLive and Streamlabs. Don't forget to follow all of our friends. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to have sex with gay men, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.